0: We've been very um, aware of what's happening in, around the world. And specifically, there's been lots and lots of discussion about Sweden and what Sweden might be doing differently than the rest of the world. Or maybe they aren't actually, we'll find out. I'm here with a friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Cecilia Rogemark from London University, an associate professor. Welcome, Cecilia. How are things in Sweden right now?
1: I think we are pretty calm in Sweden uh, and um I have of course followed the discussion in media around the globe. Uh, I think you have to remember that the disease burden in Sweden it varies by a factor of 10. The situation in Stockholm is 10 times worse the situation where I live in in the southern part of Sweden. It's a very uh, long country and and some areas are really remote with a few people so there has been um, problems in in the Stockholm area but uh, they are managing very well and uh, it's not alarmistic I think and in in uh, Malmo where I live we have very few cases and it's almost like business as usual from an orthopedic point of view we have really been preparing for like like four weeks now waiting for the flood of corona cases to come and And knock on wood, we have not seen it yet. We have uh, a a really decent situation in my part of Sweden, and and, um, we are, of course, um, preparing, for example, the orthopedic residents, they get courses in uh, going into intensive care units if needed. And uh, we have uh, locked down um, the elective surgery. We We are confident.
0: So Cecilia, when you talk about society though, are shops open, are restaurants open, um, people are out and about, or is it a bit more physical distancing?
1: We have a limit of uh, no more than 50 persons together, but I think people are more reasonable than that. And, And the whole Swedish campaign is about being uh, thoughtful and staying at home if you are sick uh, and a lot of uh, efforts are made to, to, to keep old people at home they should not go out in society so if you don't belong to any risk group you can go to your work you can go to to shops um, restaurants have some restrictions they are not allowed to serve buffets and they should have some distance between the tables but uh, the efforts are made to, to that we should do it voluntary that we should realize that if we choose this for ourselves it will be better for the individual and for the, for the society and i think it's a very wise wise strategy because we are not stressed about it we feel like a happy country because uh, we are not locked down and um, i think you should keep an eye on the economic situation as well and and it's already very hard but um, if you have a small shop you are allowed to to keep it open but you should think of the distance between your customers and so on.
0: Do you have any thoughts about why it is that that policy, for whatever reason, seems to be working in Sweden, but there's a perception that that same sort of messaging to any other larger places are not going to work? For example, the USA, I think, have been trying trying to get citizens to do this. Canada has been trying to get citizens to do this. And they're having to go to more severe measures every single day, rather than allow people to have that sense of um, autonomy. Why do you think that is? Is it just the? Is it just yeah. sort of cultural in that? In that you know, in that you're more likely to be reasonable and think about these things, and we're not. Like I mean, what what do you think's happening?
1: I think it, I think it's the uh, welfare system of the Scandinavian countries because if we feel a little bit sick we can stay at home and we will get um, money from the welfare system but if you work in a country where you have to make two or maybe three jobs every day in order to get your daily bread then you go out even if you are sick so we are lucky enough to have well-functioning welfare system, public health care, I think that will um, be one of the expla- explanation when we look at this. Uh, and here am I working at the hospital, I look like this, yes. short arms, <laughs> and, and every doctor in Sweden look like this. We have already very much focus on hygiene. So, so no ties, no suits, um, I think the standard and the uh, maybe if you would like to call it discipline is something that will benefit, uh, we will benefit from. Uh, Then I think it's it's very important also to to realize that we're talking about different things in different countries. I've just learned that in UK only hospital deaths are reported. Um, In France and Belgium Every death among the elderly with some tiny symptoms are called COVID deaths. So we are not even comparing the same things. And that's also a factor, I think.
0: You're right. I mean, We just had a podcast with a data scientist who has been modeling just what you're saying, which is there's a lot of misinformation around how we are calculating this information. He talks about the observed infections and the unobserved infections and modeling Mm -hmm. um, for that. Let me ask you, have things in the hospital changed for you? In other words, are residents um, on different rotations? I mean, when I'm meaning, are they more distancing in terms of how they're rotating? Are you still gathering as resident groups to interact for educational initiatives or have you moved to virtual? What's happening there?
1: Yeah. Uh, we have uh, to start with our morning uh, rounds, uh, the x-ray rounds uh, are down to only 10 people and we are sitting like two meters away from each other. Then the funny thing is that the rest of the gang having coffee is sitting together. So <laughs> we really have to be, be very correct about this. And, and uh, all our uh, meetings are on uh, Skype or Zoom or whatever. And it works very well, and I think we will see more of that. Uh, we have had some dissertations uh, with uh, part of the committee um, on link, and that was good. All, also, but you lose a little of the um, um, the ceremony around it. I think uh, so. So I think we manage uh, right now. I think it's a bit of a confusion because. Uh, you start a week not really knowing what you should do. You should just be ready to 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 um, cover for someone staying home with a cold. Uh, so that's that's the situation.
0: I was just going to say, have you seen any change in the uh, type of? Um, I, I presume the care that's happening for the most part is fracture care. Still, have you seen a shift in epidemiology around the types of fractures in Oman, for example? Talking to um, one of the head of orthopedics there, he had said they have seen a dramatic reduction in hip fractures, which he thinks is quite unique in that in Oman, families are, what he he used the word, cocooning their elderly. They're not letting them out, and they're protecting them because they live at home and not in homes, per se. And that's led to a dramatic decrease in uh, fragility fractures, period, in Oman. Hmm. Have you seen a difference at all? Has it been up, down? Some countries are seeing an increase.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, uh, you know, it wouldn't be Sweden if I wouldn't talk about registers, of course. Right. So so I, I looked into the Swedish Fracture Register, which aims to register all fractures, even um, regardless of surgery or not. And yeah. preliminar, preliminary data for March this year is 10 to 15 percent fewer fractures compared to last March, sure. but very pre- preliminary. But uh, interestingly no it's not uh, the fragility fractures going down the hip fracture are exactly the same and i think in a in a western world population these patients they fall uh, indoors and it's not that much a question about activity but um, we see that road traffic is going down uh, more people are working from home not biking to their uh, work for example so in general a bit fewer fractures we have been focusing a lot of discussing which fractures that could be non-operatively treated in order to to save our resources and actually we don't see any reduction in surgical treatment yet But uh, you know, radial fractures, proximal humeral fractures—that we love to discuss. Maybe we would see a a full-scale clinical trial of non-operated treatment, but we haven't seen it yet. I I, I spoke with colleagues in Stockholm. I just have to say, and they have gone down in surgical treatment in in Stockholm Hospital in particular.
0: Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. This is probably the time for individuals like you, for sure, and hopefully many others who are. Carefully going to be auditing what's happening because it's a changing landscape, and probably more so. We're going to see it, we're seeing it in the U.S. and talking to surgeons there a emergence of the art of non-operative treatment, as they call it. Um, many many trainees have not put on a splint before or a cast, a well-formed cast, and they're having to do that now with triage. Uh, so it's a different world, but it's a good thing in some ways to reinvest in some of the things that we thought. Let me ask you this as a final uh, question for you. Um, I know you're an extremely thoughtful individual. I know this time for you has been one of reflection, I suspect, and you've been thinking about what the way forward might be. And I wonder if you might share, Cecilia, any sort of reflections you've had about what this pandemic has meant about the way we live or the the way we will work.
1: I may not answer directly the question you put, but because my thoughts have been with the elderly, because when they die silently in ordinary flus or in a sequelae after a hip fracture, the politicians, they don't seem to bother. But now we have a very dramatic way of dying when you are old and suddenly the focus are on the elderly care. So I really hope that we will have a better quality in elderly care, nursing homes. There is a discussion about the hygiene quality in in nursing home and in home health care. So I hope that we will have a better uh, focus on the, um, the elderly people situations in our countries then other people can talk about climate and and so on, but I I, I stay with the elderly.
0: You know, true to what I know you've spent your life's work doing is caring for others and and certainly in this moment also, being highly respectful of a population that I think of humans who often get neglected. um, And I think in some ways, this may be the gift of coronavirus to some degree, and that it's created, um, you know, greater light on the challenges and hopefully more resources and more focus for the work you love to do. Thank you very much, Cecilia, for a wonderful, wonderful uh, discussion.